Hi, hier ist Florian von 99 Startups und ich bin heute hier mit Markus Nagel, dem CEO von Zürich Germany Insurances. So, thanks for coming. Thank you, thank you very much. So, I would say let's start right away with the interesting stuff. Um, I read about you have a concept you call uh, Champions Teams. Uh, can you explain a bit more what this is? Yeah, so we have decided to set up four so-called champions teams. Uh, the background is that we have realized in order to drive innovation forward, we need to change the way we operate, we work together. And we have designed these teams according to customer segments. There's a champions team for Generation Y, one for Russian of Life, with the age group of year, year 30 to 45, 50. That's HR and the small and medium-sized enterprises. These teams work um, fully integrated uh, across the value chain in, in one team together, and they are developing um, from customer personas, customer journeys, and first so-called MVPs for certain solutions or products. So that's the purpose of these teams. So we have like a small teams which are working together in a kind of design thinking model, And um, they are like a big mix of skills. So it's Absolutely. A so we mix together underwriters, marketing people, claims people, customer service people. They all sit in one room and they work on a specific topic. Uh, it's always a combination of some internal issues where we want to improve a pain point on, let's say, customer service side or on the claims or also look at new ways of how we attract customers to our propositions. So is this something that people do on the side, or is, are they like, um, have this as full-time job? That's a full-time job. We have um, set it up uh, two years ago and, and developed it step-by-step. Step. So those um, employees uh, or team members are recruited from the existing functional uh, teams, And therefore, they bring a, a big in-depth of experience, and we combine them with uh, agile coaches and scrum masters. And uh, it's, it's usually led by an experienced person, like a channel manager, who tries forward these ideas. So, how did the how did the employees uh, experience it? Like, what was the feedback? Because, like, it's it's a quite a difference if you working in a big company and then you need to switch to agile. Yeah, it was a was a big change process, and I, I would say we we have now seen a very big traction in terms of outcome and acceptance within the organization. Uh, of course, in the beginning, they were you know regarded as a kind of a you know think tank in in a little bit cynic way, but now they are more established and they have shown the first results. For the employees, it has been uh, usually a very good experience. So there's very little uh, negative feedback which I heard so far. Uh, it's more usually about how do I have a guarantee to go back into my function if necessary. But once if the people are embedded in the team, usually they like the way they work so much that there is no real big appetite to go back. But we have an, uh, kind of an exchange program developed so where people can also go back into their original function. And we also want to uh, fertilize this kind of exchange so that more and more people get this hands-on experience. So, uh, so your plan is in the future to give as much as possible, like as much people as possible, this experience of the agile working. 
Yeah, so our first target is to, to have around 10% of our workforce enabled to work in this way, and that represents around 460 people. We have now trained around 200 uh, employees or, and, and managers in the new way of working. We send them on an expedition uh, in Berlin. They go through a kind of an educational program. It has started uh, this year. We will continue next year. And uh, the nice thing to see is that the demand on behalf of the employees is huge. It's much bigger than we saw. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's always always a good sign. So um, it's really interesting because, like, what you like out of my perspective, it looked like you built a little startup in in the middle of your of your company structure, and um, so you like what is what is your vision there? Like, you want to have in twenty years, like ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent agile in in your company, or how how you want to change the organization? The vision is that we have around 10%, maybe more, being able to work under the new way of working to change the company culture through that um, uh, activity as well. Um, we believe that the insurance business will move step-by-step step from a push model to a pull model, which means that we have to have, must have more direct interaction with the customer. Um, but even if it's not a customer and it's a distributor, it's a similar um, experience which we need to work on. Um, insurance is a low-touch um, business, uh, low-touch product, so we need to find ways how to get in, uh, in touch with the customer more frequently, more often, to improve the customer experience around our proposition. And that's why I believe uh, a way to achieve that is to build this organization I described and, and, and broaden it through the functions uh, we have currently. So that's a step-by-step -step process. I can't tell you how long it will take, but I'm highly convinced that this is the way forward if we want to achieve a much closer customer relationship going forward. Okay, really cool. So I read like a big goal for you is like to streamline uh, the existing organization. So I think the Agile project is like one way um, you approach that. What other ways um, you have to tackle that that problem? Well, we we are making a big investment in our IT infrastructure, um, so that will enable us to develop you know, modern APIs for most of our core product lines. And uh, the next step will be then to look at what kind of ecosystems we can connect to our propositions going forward in order to increase the frequency uh, uh, to be in touch with the customer. So that's going to be the, that's the vision going forward. So uh, we will at the same time also maintain a certain tailoristic way of managing. Uh, I think that goes without saying, we have a lot of transactions to handle every day. Uh, we have a, a very strong technical excellence. And in some of the areas, we will continue with the current way of working and we need to find the right balance between the agile organization developing new ideas, new propositions, new services, and maintaining a certain level of steady, steady goal, steady state in some of our operations, such as the customer service department or the tech, tech, technical excellence department, underwriting, for example, and others. Yeah, awesome. So, like you, you leading like a huge, huge company, like over 5,000 employees. So, you're like the 
concept of mission uh, values or vision. How how do you think about this concept? Um, <clears throat> so of course we have a, a mission, we have values, and um, now it's a matter of, of change process going forward. You, you definitely cannot you know convince all five thousand people that is the right direction, but. We, we see a very good momentum within the, the customer uh, development departments, distribution, and so on. And you can see, obviously, that there's a big change in the market here going forward. So, um, you know, to change a big company like this takes time. We need to recognize that. There will be some some fallbacks. But I'm, I'm quite pleased about the first two years when we started the program, how we have really managed uh, and, and made the, the right experiences and corrected also some of the ideas we had in the beginning uh, in order to, to get an alignment with the whole team in the organization. So, like, um, for this um, for this changing process, um, leadership is, like, really important. So, how, how you would describe, like, you like your leadership, um, your way of leading uh, for the whole company and also for, like, the teams you're working, like, really close together? What would be your description for that? So, I mean, this, this is a very good question because now I'm myself trying to change from being very more directive towards more, you know, generative in, in such a way that the teams, we will empower them more, we will try to give them more decision power within a certain frame. And in a, you know, organization like ours and in the market in which we operate, Discipline execution is key to success going forward. You know, the, the, the markets are mature. It's not so easy to grow the market. And therefore, you need to have a disciplined approach to a lot of projects you're running. Um, and, and the big challenge is that we, we have a big existing business and we know that the new business will look completely different. So my leadership style is a combination of uh, ensuring a very disciplined execution on one hand on some of the key projects and also allowing, you know, enough freedom for innovative ideas and more empowerment uh, around these ideas through the teams we have created. That's the big change process also for myself and the team and the management team. So what what is concrete ideas you use to balance these two ways? Well, that is, you know, it's all about in the discussion with the management team. You need to, you know, once you're in, in, the, in the top leadership position, all the easy decisions are made. And it's usually about resource allocation. You could do much more than, than uh, I mean, you always want to do more than, than you have uh, resources. And we have intense management discussions, how we want to allocate between the old world and the new world, our, our money, time, and management um, overall. So... We have every week intensive discussions. We are going to change the way we sit. We are going to sit much closer together, not behind um, doors anymore. So that that will happen uh, next year with new offices, which we in which we will move to. Um, we we I try to create um, um, a very good communication um, philosophy between my my colleagues that we bring all the difficult issues on the table very quickly. We try not to to postpone decisions too too long. And that so far has worked quite well. You know, but it's it's a process. There's no one way, you know, golden bullet how how you can really, you know, achieve that. It's a constant balance between 
know, discipline execution and empowerment in terms of creating space for new ideas uh, where we can also fail and then but also correct quickly. So like the, the biggest the biggest advantage for a startup is that like they are quite um flexible and they are right away like really close to their customer and also close in their team for feedback. So how do you how do you get your feedback from customer one and like in, in, in your company second? So we have uh, something called Zero Community where we have um, a kind of an internet forum and also direct contacts with uh, customers who, who are willing to cooperate with us on a constant basis. So we have a very good forum where you can get feedback. We have a good forum with distribution partners uh, where we try to include them in our way of thinking and, and design of new ideas. So there's a constant feedback loop uh, within that. Um, we also, you know, I try to give a lot of feedback to the team to develop new ideas. And at the end of the day, the test is when you launch a minimal viable product in a pilot stage and see how much you will sell at the end of the day. And that's the big advantage of us. You know, we can, you know, make some failures without wrecking the boat, usually. And we can try and, and, and try a lot of things, which we have done in the past. And that has worked quite well, actually, I have to say. Awesome. And um, how how do you get feedback personally, or like for for your educational um for your yourself education? So I do walk the floor session. I just did one today, and uh, was quite impressed how uh, the the initiative we have started two years ago is now also starting to spread around in other departments. So there there's a kind of an um, um, internal demand uh, uh, happening and desire for making a change uh, towards a new way of working with Scrum Master Design Thinking, especially in, in claims and other service departments. So people are starting to organize themselves in such a way, and that's, that's really, really satisfying for myself. So, well, what what do you do to um, to inspire yourself or to invest in yourself? So, I usually like you know to look very much forward, and I'm I was excited when I was two and a half three years ago in, in San Francisco to see, uh, and, and where I was kind of um, close on one of these tours to the new ideas and concepts, and I was immediately infected what I have seen, how the world will change uh, in in combination, a new way of working and the technology which is out there. So that's kind of inside myself. I don't need big motivation. If I see new opportunities, I, I get very much excited uh, and, and think through it, how we can make it work and how we can change the organization in order to be a better place for, for people and for customers going forward. So that's kind of intrinsic within myself. That's why I'm, I'm very excited about the new world what the digital technology will allow us to do. Yeah, awesome. So, and can you can you uh, tell us something about about your story, like about your 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 um, your way to become like you how you how you how you start your education, um, what was yeah. your first job, and then how you ended up as the CEO of Fuse Germany Insurance. 
Okay, I try to make a, uh, a quick snapshot. Originally, I was planning to become a top 100 tennis player when I was young. And uh, once I finished school with 18, I tried for two years. And I made it to a certain level, which was fine, but too many injuries and uh, frustrations connected with this uh, made me think. And I corrected my path, started to study business economics in Frankfurt, finished there, and also was always keen to look at the United States because we all know the United States is five years ahead of us, usually in terms of trends and developments. And at that time, I decided to do an additional MBA of international management, which I finally did in Phoenix. It was a great time. Uh, came back, um, started with the traditional bank in Germany, uh, Commerce Bank, as a strategic assistant to one of the management directors. And uh, to be honest, it was quite good. It was in the asset management uh, side of the business. Um, I found it a little bit boring, to be honest, um, after a while. And um, my boss at that time gave me a big opportunity to write a business plan for market entry in Eastern Europe. That was the time when the Berlin Wall fail, uh, fell and uh, the whole Eastern European countries opened for, for capitalism or market economics. And I was really excited to got, get the chance to, to write a business plan. And I was very young. I was like 30 years old or 31 years old, kind of remember exactly. And uh, when I came back from my holidays after I had submitted the documentation, he immediately called me in his office. And I was made the project manager for the market entry in Poland. And I launched uh, in 1997 um, the seventh uh, investment fund company in, in Poland under the name of Scarfield, which is still a listed company today. So to make a long story short, I, I basically became a kind of a founder sponsored by the company, by the bank, which I was really grateful. They gave me, God thanks, a lot of cash, <laughs> um, which helped me to, to create that company. And we made it to the top top three uh, within a short period of time. We were also number one for a short period of time. Um, and it was a really exciting time building a company from scratch. And um, after seven years, I left Poland. Uh, the bank sent me to, to London to work for another larger investment company they owned, where I spent roughly five years. Um, and then they sold it, and I left the bank um, and decided to pursue a new career. And I ended up at Zurich in headquarters, where I was responsible for a global role um, managing the IFA network for Zurich and the Life business. I have done that for three years. 14 countries, different challenges from building businesses and also changing businesses going forward. And I was then sent um, in 2012 to Germany to lead the life business here uh, for roughly uh, three years, three and a half, four years. And since 2016, I was made the CEO of the, the country here in Germany for Zurich. So that's in a, in a snapshot my, my career development. And uh, I was really, you know, what, what I learned a lot when I did the startup in Poland, basically. Um, that made me, as a manager, I, I have gained a lot of experience. I had a lot of, you know, difficult periods uh, when, at that time, in, in a market where everybody was trying to uh, recruit people, you know, salaries doubled every three weeks, more or less. Uh, it was a very difficult time to build a business, but but it gave me so so much experience from which I still today, you know, really tap into that that feeling and and that way of working which I learned there.
a lot. So what was the, what was the key learning points there in, in, in Poland, you would say? It was quite interesting. You had like the, the, you had like kind of a startup, but like the money problem was a bit on the side. Um, so what was the key learning points there? Oh, you, as a, as a quasi entrepreneur, you have to basically cope with every possible change which will come. You know, things like on a Friday evening, you sit in the office and uh, your lawyer quits after just have given a salary increase of 50% the week before. And you have only one lawyer at that time. You know, so, so how do you cope with such a situation? Uh, and no matter what, even if a large company is backing you, I mean, the, the, the clock is ticking the moment uh, you open the business and you get a license for a business. Um, the clock is ticking, basically. And uh, when, when I launched the, the first three investment funds at that time uh, with the team together in, in um, October 2017, suddenly the Russian crisis uh, emerged. And our product, which we just launched after three, four weeks, really had a very bad performance due to the market circumstances. So what do you sell then? I mean, it's very difficult to sell a hope in a new market without having a big track record. So uh, three months later, we have we rebuilt our strategy, focusing on a little bit different kind of asset classes or product lines. And we put a huge focus on that, and that made us hugely successful. So we, we tapped into something... Nobody in the market so far has really looked at closely, and we were successful with it. But, but it took a lot of energy, to be honest. So how how big was the team like in the first month, one month or two months? Ten people. We grew up to fifty after two years. Then after two hundred fifty, after three and a half, four years, and we merged with other companies. So we had to, you know, unfortunately, lay off around two hundred people. And uh, but we we managed to create a stable business after four and a half, four or five years, which was great. You know? So we we started to to have um, profit and uh, payback for the shareholders. So how how did you work with the problem? Like, can you speak Polish, or like how did you overcome the language barrier? So at that time, you know, I had a lot of young people who all spoke English. I had a colleague uh, in the management team who was, of course, Polish, and he dealt with all the issues. I tried many times to speak Polish. I, I did it okay, I would say. <clears throat> but uh, I'm far away from being a perfect speaker in Polish and, and reading and, and, um, and, and writing. I mean, if you work in an industry after a while, you understand the basic terminologies in, in most of the, the different languages you deal with. But the, the advantage I had, you know, a lot of Polish people, they have a big affinity for the U.S. or for English speaking, and that's why it was relatively easy to hire people with English, English language skills. Awesome. So would you would you say that like as the team grows, you experiment out of your big corporation and this help you a lot to to manage the teams? Yeah, I mean I, I was like three years before I was the strategic assistant of a large business and the, the advantage I had I had access and I saw a lot of different uh, departments uh, how they operated. I saw the whole picture which made it for me uh, kind of a good training ground to understand how to set such an operation, even if it's small, <clears throat> in, in, a, in a merchant country. And I could tap also 
since it was a joint venture and to these resources while I'm doing so. <clears throat> and that helped a lot, you know, it gave me a good insight how the interlink between the different departments have to be organized and what is critical and where to start. So, so but it still was a lot of work, you know. It's one, one way, one, one way to write a business plan. The second, second issue is to execute it. Um, you usually need to work on your plan B immediately. And that's a good point. Always be flexible. So if you could go back to your younger self, like 20 years old and 30 years old, like what for advice you would give to a 20 years old self? Very good question. Today, I would definitely get as much as exposure possible to the new way of working around the science thinking and so on. It will become a standard after a while. There will be nothing special, but I think it's important to to have this experience um, and being able as well to understand how this works and how you can apply it where the, and where the borders are. Um, I would, you know, if, depending on your responsibility, if you have a family or not, I would try to look at, you know, getting experience for being in a startup for a while. But let's not be naive, you know, not every startup will make it. <laughs> so the alternative is also to get into teams like we have created in large companies where you can tap in huge resources and and learn a lot during the next five years if you're 30. I think from 30 to 35, it's still the time where you need to learn and where you need to have the first leadership experience or management experience you can get. Um, and then from 35 on, probably you can build a career. Awesome. Very good. Good advice. So before we finish the, the podcast, like what's your favorite book? Oh, my favorite book. Now it's up the organization from Peter Townsend. I just read it. That's why, I, and I like it very much. It's a very hands-on um, guide on on management and leadership. Uh, it's a very old book, actually. It has been written, I think, in the 60s, 65, to one New York bestseller. But some of his thesis I find extremely helpful, especially for startups. <clears throat> awesome, awesome. So do you have like a advice for the end before we wrap up the, the podcast? Well, you know, it, it is for everyone who wants to create a business and even for companies who have already an established business. Um, let's always remind ourselves, we are here to create a customer or the purpose of a company is to create, a, create and keep a customer like what Peter Trucker said. I, I, I like a lot what he did. And in terms of his um, management uh, series. And I looked a lot uh, when I was very young and started this company in Poland. Um, how do I train myself? You know, what what is the guidance for me? And I, I learned a lot from his books and I tried to apply it and it works. Awesome. Then thank you very much for for the time. You, you made free for me. And um, thank you very much, and until next time. Thanks a lot. It was great speaking to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. To get the show notes, just subscribe, and feel free to leave comments. Until next time.